Coming up on today's episode, we have a lot of Miami sports things to get to, starting off with the Miami Heat. They just had a nice, nice week. They took care of business in Boston on Sunday, and I was quite impressed. I'm going to share my thoughts on that. I'm going to share my thoughts on the Jimmy Butler performance and also Bam Adebayo. I hear a lot of people saying he's not worth the max. Really? I'm going to get into a whole rant about that. You guys are definitely going to enjoy that. Also, Dolphins news as well. Bobby McCain released. That caught me by surprise. I'm going to share my thoughts on that. And how about pivoting to Jason McCourty right after that? Interesting, right? (laughs) We'll talk about that. And last but not least, Marlins talk. I got baseball talk for you. I didn't have it last week, but this week, you're in luck because I thought it was a really impressive week last week by the Marlins. And I'm going to give them some love. You know why? Because they deserve it. You guys are really going to enjoy this episode. So let's get right into it. Welcome to the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast. Episode 17 is here. I hope you had a great weekend. And thank you all for listening to my podcast. Right before we get started, because we got a lot of things to get to. We got a lot of Miami sports things to get to. We got Dolphins talk. We got Heat talk. Marlins talk all coming your way. But I want to tell you guys, if you're not following me on Twitter yet and you're listening, please follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at SportsVibes305. Message me there. Follow me there. Questions, whether you want to just talk, chop it up about sports, please reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you guys. And also, if you're listening to this podcast via Apple Podcasts, if you can do me a favor and just subscribe, rate, and review my podcast, it only takes about a minute. I would really appreciate that. And without further ado, let's get this thing started. We got a lot of stuff to get to. You guys are really going to enjoy this. All right, let's get into some Miami Heat talk. And as I'm sure you guys know, I'm feeling so damn good about this team right now. Taking care of Boston on Mother's Day on Sunday. That's how we do. That's what we do. We're built for moments like that. We're built to take on Boston, whoever it is, on ESPN. That's what we do. That's what we did last year. Took care of business. Boston ain't built. Boston ain't nothing like us. I'm so damn happy. But before I get into that Boston game, right now we're the sixth seed in the conference. And I'm recording this right now with a high chance of us getting up to five, depending on what Atlanta does. But before I talk about that Boston matchup that took place Sunday, I want to talk about this past week. We started the week off with a bad loss to Dallas, and it was a bit of a letdown. All right, Jimmy Butler was out, though. Remember that. But I still think we should have won that game, and I was a bit upset. It was a letdown, mainly because Tim Hardaway lit us up for 10 threes. I think he ended up having 36 points. I mean, that's unacceptable. But then again, you look at the bright side, right? Not really the bright side, but Jimmy was out. Okay, and quite frankly, when Jimmy's out, we don't win games. Is it concerning? Uh, sure. But not really, because when it comes down to it, when the games matter, we need Jimmy Butler, and we're going to have Jimmy Butler. God forbid anything happens, but in the playoffs, we're going to have Jimmy on our side. So quit the shit about, oh, Jimmy was out, we should still win the game. I mean, yeah, but don't be flipping out concerned like you guys get sometimes. Not all you guys listening. I'm not commenting on everybody listening. I'm just saying, I've seen it on Twitter. A lot of, not only Heat fans, but 
NBA fans and all. Oh, they can't win without Jimmy. Oh, okay, so what? That's our best player. <laughs> like, not everybody can just win games without your star player. And when it all matters, when you're in the playoffs, you're going to have your star player with you. So I wasn't worried about it. They were able to bounce back with Jimmy Butler back, just like I knew they would. But let me talk about one thing that I took away from that Dallas game. Bam Adebayo had 11 points. And people on Twitter were saying, Bam isn't worth the max. And I flipped the hell out reading that. Let me tell you something about Bam. Bam is a one-of-a-kind talent. The thing he's able to do at this age, he's proven he's worth the max and more. I mean, anybody who disagrees with that, they don't know basketball. They don't. Think about what he's been able to do with his size, playmaking ability. At that position, that unique talent, you don't find that shit anywhere. This kid is a stud, and he's young too. And guess what? He's playing defense. He locks that shit up every game, whether you're a guard, a forward, a center. He wants all that smoke, and that's why he's a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. Think about the moments he had, right? That 41-point game against Brooklyn earlier this year. The game winner against Brooklyn also. That Tatum block in the playoffs. Reaching the All-Star game. Guess what? He's been doing all of this before getting paid the max contract money. It hasn't even hit yet. He's getting paid rookie money right now. And doing all of this. So whoever doesn't think Bam is worth the max... You're out of your mind, and I'm sorry to break it to you, but you don't know who. You really don't. Bam is 23 years old, averaging 19, 9, and 5 at the center position. Shooting 57%. Locking anyone in sight. That's a worth a freaking max. You give max contracts to players because of what you think they'll become. And guess what? Bam is showing me that he's worth that damn money. So people really need to just relax when it comes to slander and bam. You don't find players like that. Let me know. Please message me on Twitter. Let me know who comes out of the draft and at this age is able to make that impact from that center position. Locking up, passing the ball, doing all these things. Who does that? Who? He's a unique talent. I'm sure most of you guys that are listening to this podcast agree with me already because you guys are most likely really knowledgeable fans and love Bam Adebayo just like I do. But if you're not, please let me know. Why don't, why don't whoever, whoever it is, let me know. Let's talk about it. I'm not trying to argue, nothing like that. I really want to know your case about why Bam Adebayo isn't worth the max. And we could have a nice debate about it. Nothing crazy. I'm not trying to argue. I just really want to know from that perspective, what, what is it? What is it? Because I don't see it. But I definitely wanted to share my thoughts with that following that Dallas Mavericks loss. But hey, after that very next game, we bounced back. We took care of business. Jimmy returned, and we took care of the Timberwolves at home, just like we should. We shouldn't lose to them twice. They beat us the time before. But we took care of business right before going on the road to face Boston on Sunday. One o'clock game, and I was feeling so damn good going into this game. It felt like a playoff game. The whole introductions, it being on ESPN, I was really hyped up for it. I had goosebumps before the game. I was so hyped. And I had a feeling we were just going to show up. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because of the way the team's been playing, the way I felt. Maybe I was in a good mood because it was Mother's Day. Whatever it was, I just had a good damn feeling. Just waking up and knowing 
the Heat are about to take care of business in Boston. And we did that. From the jump, Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Trevor Ariza, instant impact. And we rolled up on them. I mean, we got it going early. We took the lead. We ended up leading by what, 26 at half? <laughs> Hero played well off the bench. We were up by 26 at halftime, and guess what? I'm sure you guys know. Jimmy Butler had four points. There goes to show you, things are clicking at the right damn time with this team, and I love it. You're up by 26, and Jimmy has four points. No one's going to believe that. You tell a random person, hey, he'd are up by 26. They'll probably say, how much Jimmy got? Yeah, he had four. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, the second half, Boston came back, cut it to six. But Jimmy ended up taking over, took matters into his own hands, and did what he did. I wasn't worried at all, though. I wasn't worried one bit. Yeah, we took our foot off the gas a little bit, but, I mean, when you're up by that much, you're, you're going to do that. I mean, that's pretty much a given. Basketball is a game of runs. I mean, am I happy that it got within six? No, but I wasn't freaking out. I didn't think we were going to lose the game. Even when they came back, there was no doubt in my mind Jimmy Butler was going to turn up, and he sure damn did. He finished with 26 points. He was 9 of 14 from the field, 11 assists, 8 rebounds, amazing performance like always. Listen, the kid's a stud. He's not even a kid. That's a grown-ass man. Jimmy Buckets is the real deal. I'm so glad he's a Miami Heat. But at the end of the day, we took care of business. We got the win, and we took a two-game lead over Boston in the standings. And now Boston's sitting at seven. Two games behind us. We got another big game tonight against them in Boston. I'm unsure if Jalen Brown is going to play in that game. He didn't play in the first one on Sunday, but we'll see. But either way, I know Tatum is going to come out hot. It's going to be a very close game. You expect them to look at film, come back with a chip on their shoulder, and it's going to be good, but I'm feeling good. I think we take care of them tonight. I really do. I feel so damn good about this team right now. And I just think it's so crazy how great Jimmy Butler has been all season. Right now, he's averaging 21.6 points a game, 7 rebounds, 7.2 assists, 2.1 steals, and he's 6th in PER. That's an MVP candidate without a doubt. I mean, you think about it. If we're able to have a better record and we were high in the standings, this dude might really get it. He might be right there with Joel Embiid and Jokic. I'm so hyped to see how great the, the Heat performed, though. Just watching Jimmy Butler this year. If we can avoid that playing game, which it looks like we should, and Jimmy Butler gets his rest, I'm so comfortable with us going against anyone once we have 22 out there well-rested. I don't care if it's the Bucks. I don't care if it's the Nets. Yeah, I said it, the Nets. I don't care. I really don't. With, with Jimmy Butler out there, I'm not afraid of no team. Nets got chemistry issues right now. Whether you see it or don't, there's got to be something. You can't have 100% chemistry when you got Kyrie Irving in and out of the lineup. Then you have James Harden in and out because he's hurt. Obviously, he's not doing it on purpose, but Kyrie, he takes the personal reasons off. There's no way that has, there's that 100% chemistry, and I think that's going to haunt him. But that's a story for a different time. What I'm trying to say is that with Jimmy Buckets out there playing for us, I'm not scared of the Bucks. I'm not scared of the Nets. I'm not scared of the Sixers. I'm not scared of the Knicks, the Hawks, whoever. And I'm damn sure not scared of Boston. Yo, shout out to Jimmy Butler, man. And believe it or not, right now we've won nine out of our last 12 games. And this is the groove that I've been wanting the Heat to get on. 
and they're doing it at the right time. Everyone's playing their roles, and it's resulting in wins. So with this big game tonight, I said it before, I'm expecting a win in Boston. I feel great about this team right now, as, as I'm sure you guys can tell. But like I said, I expect it to be tough, but I think we'll come out on top, and I'm not, I'm not really worried. But after that, we finish the season this very week. We play Philly on Thursday. We got Milwaukee Saturday. And then we wrap up the season at Detroit on Sunday. I think we should be able to take at least two out of those three. But we'll see. We got to get this one tonight. This one tonight is most important. We got to take care of business. I think we should. I think we will. And then we'll go from there. We need to avoid that playing game. So tonight is pretty much a must win. Next week, we're going to have playoff talk. So I'm sure you're all going to be excited for that. So am I. But for right now, let's just focus on this Boston game tonight. Finish this season strong. Do what we got to do. And guess what? Let's go Heat. All right, so let's talk some Dolphins football. Now, being that the draft was just the week before and there's not really much to talk about besides all these draft picks, there's a lot to be excited about. But not too much news coming out there. We pretty much now solidified the team we're rolling with. We got the depth we needed to with the draft picks and all that. But there was definitely a little bit of news. So I'm going to share that with you guys. As you all know, this past week, Bobby McCain was released. And my reaction to that was a bit shocked. I'm not going to lie to you. And the reason why I was shocked is because he's that main communicator out there. He's pretty much that heart and soul of the defense. And I just feel bad losing a guy like that, man. Because he was willing to just change his position. I mean, he was playing cornerback. Then he was moved to safety. And he never complained. Now, we all know this league is full of divas. And that's hard to come by. You know, have a player willing to, you know take one for the team, switch positions without complaining. We've been there before. Not everybody's willing to do that. I'm sure you guys know who I'm talking about. But I was surprised, overall surprised, but I get it. I do get it. We had to do what we had to do, you know, to save money. It was a cap situation now that the cap is different this year. And it's a business. It's a business at the end of the day, but I definitely was shocked. I'm, I'm a little bit upset as well. Uh, it's going be, it's, it's to be tough, you know, seeing him play for another team. But I do want him to play for another team. I want him to succeed. I, hope, I wish nothing but the best for him because one thing, when he put on that Dolphins uniform, whether he was playing great or not, he always played with heart. And that's a thing that you can't take away from Bobby. Bobby always played with heart and gave 100%. Stuff like that, those are the reasons why I'm going to miss him. So I'm missing him because he played with heart 100%. Missing him because he never complained about his role with the team. And also because he was that communicator on defense. He was the captain. He was getting everybody in line at the safety position, making sure everybody's doing their thing. That's what I'm going to miss. Because now we don't know who's going who's gonna to take that role now. Who's going to be that communicator? Who's going to be that captain on the defense? That's something we have to figure out. That's something Flores is going to figure out. I'm sure we'll be all right. But I just wanted to give you guys my reactions to the Bobby McCain release. But hey, I wish him nothing but the best. Nothing but the best. So we ended up pivoting after that. Okay, that was shortly after. I mean, there was talk that we were going to get Malik Hooker. That's what we all thought. That's what I thought. That's what Dolphins Twitter thought. I did want him. And there's still a chance. There's still time. I don't know if he's going to sign somewhere else. But I think there's still a chance that he could end up being in Miami. But we pivoted in a different route. We went with Jason McCourty. 
Now, Jason McCourty, as you all know, he has a twin. They both play for the Patriots. So there's, you know, he knows Flores. They're really, really tight. And he's a veteran cornerback. All I've heard from this guy is he's a great locker room guy. And that's key, especially when you just lost a Bobby McCain. We got some young DBs out there in Noah. We got Brandon Jones, the safety. We're going to have Javon Holland. These guys need to get mentored, and they need to look up to somebody that's a veteran and proven in this league, and that's McCourty. So I'm excited for McCourty. I don't know how much value is there. I don't know if he's going to be an impact player, but there is value there being that he's going to be able to mentor the guys. And he, like I said, he knows Flores. Flores respects him. They respect each other. So it, it's, a good, it's a good signing. It's not, oh, it's not flashy, but it's good. It's definitely something this team needs especially after losing a guy like Bobby, like I said, and Kyle Van Noy. You need to have somebody with veteran experience, championship DNA, to get into these guys' ear and coach them up. And I think that's what McCourty's going to do. Now, the position he's playing, I don't know. Does he play corner? Does he play a little corner? Does he play safety? I could see him playing safety. The reason why I could see him playing safety is because I think his big playmaking days are over with. I mean, he's a little bit older in age. I believe he's 33 right now. I don't really think he's going to be able to play impactful cornerback, you know, snaps. I can see him being a safety and, you know, with his IQ and his veteran leadership, I can see him fitting in there, you know, being that communicator, playing that Bobby McCain role, playing that same role. I can see him doing that. I can see Holland actually guarding the slot, probably, you know, getting used to the NFL speed, getting his feet wet and slowly transitioning to that starting safety position. So I can, I, I can see if that works out being that way. I think that's what's smart, honestly, unless we get Malik Hooker, which we still don't know. Still a possibility, but we don't know if that's going to happen or not because I, I believe we still have cap space. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting if we go that route, if we go the running back route, which I doubt. I've seen rumors out there about Todd Gurley. I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's happening for numerous reasons. One being, I don't think Greer and Flores value that running back position as much as we do as fans. Whether I agree with it, no. I think we do need a running back. But I think these guys are good with what they have. And I do like what they have. I think it's enough to get you by one season, but not after that. You need some more juice in this running back, you, you, in this running back locker room, you know? But nonetheless, I mean, Gaskin out there, Malcolm Brown, I think they can get the job done. We do have a little bit of a mix that we can implement here and there, you know, throwing out these different guys, but we'll see how it goes. But Gurley, my thoughts on Gurley, I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's happening. And it's actually crazy. It's actually sad because Gurley, I believe, is 26 years old. Now, that's young. But remember, as I told you guys, running back positions, I mean, you're getting four to five years and then you're out the league. It's crazy. Like, the injuries really pile up with all the damage you take at the running back position. It's crazy. It's crazy because Todd Gurley was on top of the league for so many years, not too long ago. It's sad. It really is. But there's a couple of running backs out there. To be honest, if I had to choose between which running back I'd want in the free agent market, it's going to shock a lot of you guys, but I would pick Le'Veon Bell. Reason I say Le'Veon Bell is because I think he can do so many great things with this offense. I like his ability to line up wide. To you, he runs routes like a wide receiver. He can catch out the backfield. He has that patient little running back game. I think there's still something there. I think something is still in the tank there for Le'Veon Bell. And I would like to sign him on a one-year kind of prove-it deal to see what he has. Because I think there's something there. I really do. He works out really, really hard. 
I don't think he's washed at all. A lot of the league thinks he is. And based on his performances, obviously you can see that. But to me, I think it's bad situations. I think there's something there. I really do. I mean, think about it. He was with the Jets with Adam Gase. What the hell are you going to do in the Jets with Adam Gase? Who the hell has been good with the Jets? He's set up to fail. So please don't give me that, oh, he sucked with the Jets. No, he went to the Jets to get his money like he should because that, that's what you play for. And it backfired. Doesn't mean he sucks. Adam Gase freaking sucks. That's who sucks. The Jets suck. That's who sucks. Not Lev Bell. And then after that, they released him. And, you know, we were kind of in the talks whether if we were going to pick him up or the Chiefs. So what did he do? So he went to the Jets first to get his bag. And then he had the options of choosing Miami, where we probably would have gave him like 20 carries a game last year, or the Chiefs. And he went with the Chiefs. Why? He went to chase a ring. I thought that was dumb on his part. I thought he should have came to Miami because I think we were offering him a two-year deal. And he's from South Florida. He trains here. So I was very shocked. But he went to ring chase. Now, obviously, that team is so established. They had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Andy Reid is really strict when it comes to mixing up his things. He has a set plan, and that's why they're so successful. They had their team established already. So what do you think Le'Veon Bell is going to do? Get a big impact? Get a lot of carries? I don't know if that's what he thought, but sure, I didn't think that. There's no way in hell. But what I'm trying to say is I'm not judging him from his time in Kansas City either. He didn't get the carries that he is capable of getting, and he's playing behind Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's playing in an Andy Reid offense that's already established, that's built to go to the Super Bowl. You think they really want to take a backseat and get Le'Veon Bell some carries when he's only there for a year? Hell no. They just wanted him for depth. Smart on their part. But you know what? He lost his value because of these years, and he has no one to blame but himself. So I don't feel bad for Le'Veon Bell. But what I'm saying is, I would like to take a flyer if I'm the Dolphins that's the guy who I, I want to see what he's got. He could run some RPO stuff with Tua. I think there's value there. I think it's worth it. I mean, we wanted him last year, right? No one wants him now, so we can get him for cheap. Real cheap at that. So I'll keep an eye out on that. That's what I would want. I don't know. I don't know if they do it, but that's what I would do. But I just wanted to share that because a lot of people I've been hearing have been saying Le'Veon Bell's watched. I don't think that's the case. Like I said, he was in the damn Jets. No one succeeds there. He goes to the Chiefs as a backup, getting like five carries a game. I'm not knocking him for that. I'm telling you, he's one of my favorite players in the league. And I'm telling you, he could do a lot of things. And he's in shape too. He really is. He's in shape. So he's not washed. But it would be interesting. I would love to see him in Miami. I know it's not popular. A lot of guys listening to this probably not going to like that I said that. But I just want, I want to share that. And I would like to see him. So. I mean, fingers crossed. That's what I would want. But tell me who you guys would want. Actually, let's do that. Now that we struck out in the draft with the running backs, besides the seventh round pick, who could be valuable, with the guys out there in free agency, I want to I know who you guys want. Shoot me a message when you guys are listening to this and tell me who you would like. Are you with me with the Le'Veon Bell thing? I want to know that for sure. But if we end up staying with the guys that we have, I said it before, I really do think we have enough. I think we have enough to... You know, implement Malcolm Brown with a little short yardage on a third and two, get you a first down, get some goal line carries. He's done it before in L.A. And Gaskin, he's, he's speedy. He can catch. I kind of like what I saw from Gaskin. I think there is value there. 
I don't think he could be the workhorse. But like I said, with this three-headed monster attack with him and Ahmed and Brown, I, I could see us getting by. I I'm still hopeful. I hope that if we don't figure out some sort of running back for the future here with these guys that we have in place, I really hope we do draft one next year because, I mean, we all want one. We desperately want one. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm on that boat as well. But let's talk about some positives. I keep watching Jalen Waddle highlights with Tua specifically when they were in Alabama together. And I'm so freaking excited. It's crazy. I'm just amazed by what is going to happen. Like I could just view it. I can just view it already in my head. Imagine that. Just having Waddle and having Fuller out there. Guys that you don't have to wait to get open. Remember Parker Gasecki and Preston Williams. You have to wait like a good 10 yards downfield before you could throw it up to them and they'll grab it over the top. But Fuller and Waddle, those guys are getting open from the jump. They could run a quick slant, a quick drag, get open, and have plenty of yards after catch. And that's what Tua needs. And that's what we got him. <laughs> we got Tua guys that he's comfortable playing with. They fit his style. One thing I like about Tua is his accuracy and his anticipation. These guys are going to help him tremendously. And I cannot freaking wait. Remember, Will Fuller is going to be out game one. He's suspended for that. But after that, just think about it. Think about it. You can pass it a waddle on a slant. You could pass it a fuller on a drag. Yards after catch for days. Mix something up. Throw a jump ball to Devontae Parker or Mike Gusecki. And just keep the chains moving. Now that running back position, if they could get it together, they could hold up. Think about how crazy this offense is going to be. I don't want to get too cocky and everything, but I'm, I'm excited. And you know what else is crazy? What I was thinking about to myself? What team in the AFC East has the best wide receiver group as a whole? Yeah. Don't question yourself. It's us. Damn right it's us. So you guys can remind yourselves that as we wait for this NFL season to start. We have the best wide receiving group in the whole AFC East. I'm not talking about the best player. That has to be Stephon Diggs. I can't lie to you there. But the group as a whole? Who would you take? Jacoby Myers and those people in New England? Nope. The Jets? Don't get me started on that. Hell no. The Bills, Stephon Diggs, okay, good. Cole Beasley, he's good, but are you taking that over what Miami has right now? With Fuller, Waddle, Devontae, Preston, Gasecki? Not even mentioning Lynn Bowden in there. There's some value with him. Albert Wilson? I'll tell you one thing. Tua is set up to succeed in this league, and I can't wait to watch him ball out. I can't wait to watch him prove all these haters wrong on these national outlets. Colin Cowherd, the list goes on. Skip Bayless, all these people just talking nonsense. I can't wait till Tua just proves everyone wrong. I know a lot of you guys are riding with Tua. And that's the way to be. This kid's talented. And I'm just excited. I want to share, you, I want to share that with you guys. I mean, thinking about our offense, this could be exciting. There's just so much damn potential. The sky is going to be the limit. I believe the schedule comes out May 12th. I think it's at 8 o'clock on NFL Network or ESPN. I'm not sure. I'm definitely going to be tuned into that because I want to see, you know, which week we're playing who and all that stuff. Actually, on the next podcast, I'm going to be having Big E, 2020 Fan of the Year, who I know all of you guys know. He's going to be joining me. We're going to chop it up, talk a lot of Dolphins. We're actually going to be doing a prediction, going game by game on the schedule. 
trying to figure out if we win or if we lose. We're going to try not to be too, too biased because, <laughs> you know, we might just say, hey, we're going to be undefeated. We're, we're going to try to be a little bit realistic. It's going to be hard, though, because I know Big E is a diehard fan, just like all of us are. But we're going to have a lot of fun with Big E next week. We're going to get a lot of Dolphins talk with that. We're going to talk about his time in Cleveland because he was there to announce one of the picks. I'm sure you guys saw it. He did a great job. I'm looking forward to that conversation. I'm sure you guys will be, too. So stay tuned for that. And uh, let's see. I hope you guys enjoyed the schedule show. Wondering who we would start with. I am going to predict we start at home against New England. That's my prediction. But we'll see. I'm just so damn eager for football season to start. I was so eager for the draft to be here. And now I'm ready for the next thing. I'm ready for preseason. All of that stuff. But hey, if you miss it just like I do, just watch some Jalen Waddle highlights. That'll get you excited. Trust me. Uh, but with that being said, I'll definitely see you guys here next week for another Dolphins segment. This time, it'll be with Big E. So look out for that. So let's get right into the Miami Marlins. So the Marlins began this past week bouncing back from getting swept from Washington and getting a sweep of their own at home against the Arizona Diamondbacks. To me, there was plenty of good things to take away from this series. The bats came alive. The bullpen came alive. And overall, you bounced back from getting swept against your division rival. Getting swept by the Nationals can be a recipe for a disaster because you can let yourself down. You can lose motivation, especially having all the injuries that we have. No Jazz Chisholm, no Marte, no Sixto Sanchez, no Hernandez. The list goes on and on. But this team was able to put that behind them, take care of business immediately the following day, and start that sweep against Arizona. That was very impressive. I'm overall really happy with the team's performance that they were able to bounce back and do that. Because I'm going to tell you something. In baseball, you can fall in the standings and you can fall down very, very quickly. And it's hard to climb up, especially when you have a division like ours with the Mets, the Braves, the Nationals, the Phillies. These are tough, these are tough teams, as you all know. But overall, it was great to see them bounce back, get those games. And how about Brian Anderson coming back? Hitting a home run off the rip that first game, that was so nice to see. I was really excited for him and the whole ball club. It was nice to see him out there finally getting some people back. That's the type of stuff that just excites me. Just think about how great this team can be once everybody comes back. But then again, we faced the Brewers in a weekend series, and we won the first matchup with Trevor Rogers pitching five innings, four hits, one earned run, six Ks. You know his ERA is at 1.89 right now, and his record is 4-2? and two? This kid is continuing to develop, and it's very nice to see. I feel so great watching Trevor Rogers deal every time he pitches. Every time he's starting, that is must-see TV. He is a stud in the making. I love what I'm seeing from him. 1.89 ERA. That's solid. That's solid. So there's plenty of things to be excited for, if anything. Even though we have an average record, just know that we get to see guys like Sandy and Trevor Rogers pitch. This stuff's exciting. But the very next game, Saturday, we ended up dropping that one, and that led to the third game where I was feeling great about. And the reason I was feeling great about the game Sunday is because we had my fellow Dominican brother, 
Sandy Alcantara on the mound. And for some reason, it's every single time we cannot give this guy run support. It's insane. Every time he pitches, we can't give him run support. I don't know what it is. We give most of our other pitchers run support. But it's like every time Sandy's on the mound, we're giving him one run, no runs. We'll be lucky to even get two one day. I feel so bad because he's throwing gems out there. I love what I'm seeing from Sandy. But I just wish we were able to give him some run support so he can get some wins. He deserves it. But it's not only Sandy. I also noticed this with the Mets and Jacob deGrom. For some reason, when Jacob deGrom's on the mound, it's like the Mets can't hit either. I don't know what it is with these guys. Is it all in your head? Is it too much pressure? Whatever it is, it sucks. And I feel bad for Sandy because he had another great performance. Seven innings pitched, five hits, one earned run. Man, I really wish we were able to get him some run support. Overall, he didn't get the loss, so at least he didn't get a loss for giving up one run. It went to Anthony Bass. Yes, we lost this game, as I'm sure you guys know, in extra innings. Overall, I'm positive here. I think there was a lot of good takeaways because you can see the fight in this team. This team doesn't give up. The chemistry, and you can only imagine how great they're going to be once our guys come back. By our guys, I'm talking about Starling Marte. I'm talking about Jazz Chisholm. I'm talking about Sixto Sanchez, Hernandez. This team has potential to be really, really good. And that they're, they're able to gut out wins right now with this roster and all these injuries. So much adversity. And look what we did last year. I'm not even going to mention last year, but just remember that. Remember all the COVID stuff that happened. Remember Don Mattingly being manager of the year. Remember us beating the Cubs in a series, in the playoffs. There's a lot of good things to look forward to. It's a really damn fun team to watch, and I'm impressed what the Marlins have shown me last season and this season, despite the average record. Overall, I'm just glad they finished at least with four wins throughout the week, only two losses. Yeah, you want to win series, like I said, but at least they were able to sweep the Diamondbacks after, you know, getting swept by the Nationals. To me, that's a positive. The future's bright, but we're going to see how they'll perform this week. We got a tough, tough road trip ahead of us. We got four games against Arizona and then a tough matchup against the Dodgers over the weekend. I'm actually excited. I know the Dodgers are tough. I know they're arguably one of the best teams in baseball. I want to see how we play. I really, really want to see how we play against these guys. I think these guys are going to get up for the game. I hope we have some guys coming back. I don't know if Marte's close to being back or Jazz. I haven't checked up on that uh, recently. But if we can get one of those guys back, that would be awesome. But nonetheless, I really, really want to see that series. I know the talent is so off there, but I just want to see how our guys fight. I want to see how they perform against the best team in baseball. And I'm going to be looking for a lot of different things over that series. So. Some people might not be excited for it because it looks like a recipe to get our ass kicked, but I'm excited for it. Like I said, I want to see these young guys. Remember, this is going to make them better. When you put these young guys out there and you're playing against the best teams in baseball, that's how you grow. That's how you get better. And this, th- these type of things are going to lead to this team being successful. This experience is what it's all about. Not only playoffs but also big games on the road against quality teams like the Dodgers. But we'll see how it goes. I'm going to enjoy it. Hopefully, we can at least take advantage with that four-game series against the Diamondbacks. Let's hope we at least get three out of four to back us up in case the Dodgers series goes way out of hand. 
But nonetheless, I'm overall really excited for that Dodgers matchup. I'm not sure who will be pitching. Hopefully, we get a Sandy Day in there and Trevor as well. But we'll see how it goes. Let's just keep enjoying these guys, all right? Keep enjoying the young guys. Get better. Improve. Enjoy this pitching rotation. These Marlins are must-see TV. Enjoy it. These Marlins are must-see TV. So do me a favor this week. Just enjoy it. All right, so that wraps up episode 17. Thank you all for tuning in, listening to what I have to say week after week. I cannot thank you enough. I'm extremely grateful for all of you guys. Remember, I said it before in the beginning. If you're not following me on Twitter and you're listening to this podcast, please give me a follow at SportsVibes305. Feel free to message me there. Talk to me there. Give me feedback, negative or positive. I want to get better. I want to interact with you guys. I'm an open book, man. I love sports. I love talking sports. If some guys are listening to this and you're a Dolphin fan, but you're not a Marlins fan, you're a Mets fan, you want to talk it out, you want to debate some things, feel free, reach out to me. I love to talk sports. It's what I do. It's what I love to do. It's my passion. And just know my messages are open at all times. But overall, I want to thank you all for tuning in. I had a really fun time doing this episode covering all these Miami sports. It's a great time to be a Miami sports fan, and I'm enjoying doing this podcast with you guys and interacting with you guys week in and week out. But with that being said, this wraps it up. Episode 17. This was awesome. Thank you guys once again, and I will see you guys here next Tuesday and every Tuesday after that. Thanks for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast with Nando Diaz.